I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Talking with Giants. They've got enough fans to start a podcast, incredulous Wheelston Raider types of parochial clubs with a few thousand fans yell. Yes, yes we have, just about. Only sports fans in this fair town of Huddersfield could start podcasts on the back of a 0% winning record, but here we are. Are there better times around the corner or will starting this podcast lead to a dreadful downturn in fortunes like the last time I helped start one of these things? Uh, joining myself, Matt. No, not that one, sure. I have a darts commentator legend. He's good, but he's not Rod Studd. It's Josh Phillips. And joining myself and Josh are two fans famed for their ability to gr- agree on all things Giants related. It's Nathaniel Wood and Jake Rowland. So good evening, everybody. How are we doing? Good evening. Good, thank you. Good afternoon. I'm good. Very good. How are you all? Very I'm good. Chasing the intro, Matt. Good to be here. Looking forward to this. Good. So uh, we are, of course, in association with the uh, the FIFA from Giants fanzine, of course. So thanks to uh, to Eddie over there for letting us use that platform uh, to uh, go forward. So, chaps, I thought a good way to start this podcast would be to just explain a little bit about ourselves, who we are, and to give anyone that listens. Obviously, we've got no fans, so that might not be anybody. Uh, a little insight into who we are and uh, and why we've bothered to to start this. So, um, shall I go first? You guys, you happy with that? Yeah, go on. Yeah, okay. So for me, uh, my journey with rugby league, okay, so uh, during middle school, uh, a mate of mine was was really keen on playing rugby league in the playground. Uh, you know, when uh, summer comes around, you move on to the grass and bulldogs charge all of a sudden becomes with a ball, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and around about that time, there was a strange, um, I, I grew up supporting Huddersfield Town. Uh, I was taken to watch, or brainwashed to go watch Huddersfield Town from a young age. Uh, and from there, a, a really strange club, a new club moved into the old Leeds Road just as it was closing down, who played with a, a funny-shaped ball. And it just all tied up together with, uh, you know, playing at school and, and Huddersfield Giants. And I took a, a bit of a notice of, of Huddersfield Giants ever since. And then once they, they sent me that free ticket for Huddersfield versus Whitehaven, I was I was hooked, you know, at the new stadium. So uh, I did grow up in the in the shadow of Oddsold during Bull Mania as well. So it was... Uh, you know, it was easy, really, not to get roped into that because, as a Huddersfield Town fan, you know, sports very tribal, isn't it? And then it didn't really make much sense. You know, you singing, standing, you know, in the middle of the nineties as well, singing your old hate Bradford at football, and then the next day going to support a Bradford club. None of that made sense, even though my granddad got signed by uh, Bradford Northern back in the sort of fifties, sixties. Um, I was never really tempted to to go that side, but um, I do have a season ticket for the Giants. Um, potentially might not be able to go a lot because none of my mates really support Huddersfield Giants so I don't have anyone to go with which is <laughs> which is quite sad um I also have a three-year-old boy as well and we've got a season ticket but obviously with with bedtimes and Thursdays and Friday nights I'm not sure how many games I'll I'll get to go to but I'll definitely be uh tuning in as, as best we can um so that's really my sort of story from there and, and that mate that I uh that started playing uh, rugby league at school did actually end up playing for Huddersfield Giants but I think he ended up playing for the reserves in the the mid noughts uh, yeah, a lad called Adrian Leake. Um, he, uh, he was quite a decent player, I think, back in the day. Uh, who wants to go next? Josh, how about you? Yeah, go on, I'll go for it. Well, I've got my dad to blame, to be honest. He wrote me in supporting Giants and Town, um, which is, you know, where <laughs> the two teams now that's uh, has its ups and downs, to say the least. Um, started going when I was like four years old, um, which was 1998. Um, and they were absolutely useless. Oh, so bad. Um, but when you're a kid, you just I just want to be there, and I just fell in love with it. Really, um, same as I did with Sporting Town, Sporting Giants. Just 
always want to be down the stadium watching one or the, one or the other. Um, and then just been ever since, seen ticket holder ever since, really. Um, I remember the 2002 season, I was uh, eight years old and that was uh, magical, magical times um, during the season unbeaten. And then from there, it's just been watching the club steadily progress um, to what it is, well, is or was a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, um, I've moved away recently, uh, about four years ago, down south, so I don't get to every game anymore, but um, I watch every game uh, on TV or on stream, and I still get up for as many games as I can. And, uh, yeah, I always have the passion for it, uh, hence this podcast. And, yeah, as much as you try not to, you can't help but care so much. <laughs> um, and just hope that, you know, we can uh, get back to where we were. But, yeah, that's me. So we'll go with you uh, next, Nathaniel. Um, how did uh, Huddersfield Giants get their hooks and claws into you and, and get you down to that stadium? And you do also do a bit more than just support the club as well, don't you? Yeah, um, so where it started, I were playing rugby at Southwick Sisons with a bunch of mates, about 13, 14. Um, carried on playing with them. My met a friend at college who was a season ticket holder and he told me to give it a go. We played rugby together, so he says, come down, give it a go. So I think I got my first season ticket in 2007. Um, 2008, 2007, 2008, can't remember which one. Uh, actually, the game, we were on to Leeds, first game, and Leeward Kudrow made his debut that day. Um, season ticket ever since, home and away as much as I can. Um, during the 2011 to 2015 season, I think I went to every game without missing one. Um, can't do that now, I've got a missus and stuff, so... That calms down a bit, but I'm different also hooks and claws there, definitely, isn't there, Nathaniel? Yep, that's the one. I'm also the committee for the Huddersfield Giants Sports Association, so we raise money for the academy team. Um, so the stars like Darnell McIntosh and Mike English can get into the first team and play. So there's normally when the no pandemic on, we do monthly meetings at the Turnbridge Working Men's Club with guest speakers from the club. So um, all money raised, five pound a year, and all money raised goes to like I said, the academy. So, uh, what's the uh, website for someone like me, Nathaniel, who's not a member? What's the website? Uh, I'm not one hundred sure the website, so I'll get that for you for the next one. Um, it is the Huddersfield Giants Sports Association. They're on Twitter and Facebook, so easily find us on the social media. Just give them a follow. Um, if you message you, I'm sure someone will come back to you. I forgot to say this earlier, but uh, Josh, any sort of favourite players from the past as well, and, and you as well? Matt? I'd have to go. Um... Brett Hodgson's the best player I've seen. Oh, he was, yeah, he was, yeah, he was a good man, yeah. Oh, he was unbelievable, like, magician. Uh, Danny Brough at his best was not far behind him. Um, but in terms of um, players that you feel, you know, like that, that interaction with, you can't look much further than Mr. Huddersfield, Earl Crabtree. Um, I have to say, him, I've, he's been playing from ever since, uh, well, until recently. You've just picked the same three I've got on my list here as well. <laughs> the exact same three yeah. players. Maybe, maybe yeah. I've got. I like. Uh, I like their outside right as well, Jerry and uh, and Leroy. But oh yeah, yeah. well, there's so so up. many to pick from. But yeah, Earl. I, I remember that 2002 season. He was playing in the centres, and then my Gridley worked worked his way towards the middle of the park and became the England prop that we know. Yeah, I'd say those three stand out. What about you, Nath? Who's your uh, your pick of the past, or even uh, current, if you like? Probably in the past, like I say, I probably agree with Josh, Brett and Danny Bruffer, two of the best we've seen. Um, in a minute, I've been a massive fan of Leroy ever since he first started and said he'd go, said he'd play for England one day, which he did. And, and so I probably still say Leroy is one of my favourite. Um, Michael Lawrence, like I said, the hometown boys who represent the club, and we've quite a few in the team now, so I can see them being the fans' favourites. But a uh, massive fan of Aidan Caesar too, I think he's an outstanding player and well, probably need to keep hold of. Yeah, last not not least, uh, Jake, how how are we doing over there? So how, yeah, how did your uh, journey yeah. start with uh, with this club? Yeah, similar to Josh, really. Um, my dad took me down from a young age. Um, didn't really enjoy it at first. Just used to go for sweets, really, <laughs> before the game. Um, and then as I got a bit older, sort of fell in love with it. Um, similar to Josh as well, I go to most town games, you know, support town from a young age. But the last few years, I've just, even in Premier League, I've just proper fallen out of love with football. For me, it's just getting worse and worse. You know, I don't even enjoy watching it anymore on telly. You know, if you t- end up turning it off halfway through, I just, just got no enjoyment for it whatsoever. Um, in terms of Giants, you know, my favourite players, probably Paul Riley in past, general, general hard man. Um, and I'd say probably as an import, uh, Luke O'Donnell. 
I thought he just had a massive impact, even though he wasn't here for long, just the impact he had on other players around him, you know, just having some a real enforcer. I know we, we claim certain players are enforcers in the recent times, but you can't honestly say they are, can you? He, he was a proper enforcer for me and someone I'd, I'd you know, I'd love to have kept Solder for a little bit longer. Um, yeah. More of an enforcer than uh, Mr. Gavey. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, right, lads, let's let's talk about the game. So Huddersfield Giants 10, uh, St. Helens 18. Uh, not the greatest start, perhaps, but a heartwarming second half performance, I thought. How do you see that game going, uh, Nathaniel? Um, I just think the first half, I don't can't be too critical of the lads. I thought first half, we just got zero ball in any good position. I think we had it two or three times into their half and we made errors on the first three tackles, which were disappointing. But I thought the, the enthusiasm, the effort, they stuck into the game. And then Jack Collard came up with a good 40-20 early on to get us on the board in the second half. And I thought, you never know here. Yeah, but I think the fitness just went out a bit at the end. But to only lose by eight when we did all that defending on the trial line overall, in the game, I thought it was a fantastic effort by the boys and definitely showing signs of Ian Watson and Greg Brown of getting their hands into him now and hopefully things will improve after after that performance. I think it was his best performance of the season. How do you see that going as well, Jake? Um, I think that's a fair assessment by Nathaniel, really. Um, what disappoints me most of all is most at games where we concede in early on, it's always through a stupid error. But it seems to happen game after game after game, doesn't it? I mean, the St. Helens think it were a knock-on by Gaskell. Or I think didn't even make an attempt to catch the ball in my eyes, um, which were a bit poor so early in the game. And disappointing thing is, I know I say it, some people say, oh, you're mad. But when we go two tries down, you know it's game over, don't you? You know your chances of winning game against someone like St. Helens, it's pretty slim. Yeah, we can give it a go second half, did better one second half. But you know, 12 nil down, that's the game gone, in it, really? Against someone like St. Helens, anyway. You know, Hulk has a different story. Still think we should have won that game. But uh, but St. Helens, you know, at that point, 12-0 down at half-time, game's gone. It's just about me. what sort of games, game is it going to be in second half for me. Uh, what what stood out for you, Josh, from a from an analytical point of view in the game itself? Well, yeah, I've been looking at the stats from this game and it seems to back up what I thought when I was watching it, really. Um, they had a real good dig and in most departments, we match St. Helens. But the one that stands out for me is the average metre gain. So we only had two players who gained more than eight metres per average, average metre per carry, um, whereas Saints had seven. And I thought that told the story of the game for me. I just felt like we weren't, not, you didn't have enough go forward, which I've felt in every game so far, apart from the league game, not as much. But um, it just, it feels like when Saints were turning us around and kicking, they put some really good kicks in, to be honest. And turned us around, put us in the corners. It felt like we're only going to get to 30, 40 metres and we're kicking it from there. Um, and our, our kicking game hasn't been um, the best. You know, without Danny Brough to get us out of trouble um, like we used to. Uh, but saying that, Cogger with the 40 20, he did put some good kicks in and it was an improved kicking performance from him. But yeah, I'd say overall, it was a good performance. And as I said, they had a real good dig against Saints and we matched them, went set for set with them. And, you know, if, C- if Caesar puts that goal over, um, which we may come on to later, the, the conversion problem we've got, but if he puts that goal over from the McQueen try, then it's suddenly a, it's a one-try game. Um, you know, it had been 18-12 and then, you know, the last 10 minutes, anything could happen if we only need one try. But when it's that eight-point gap, you do feel like they're just out of reach. But yeah, I'd, I'd say um, Josh Jones stood out for me. Um, he was among the top tacklers along with Luke Yates and he also made the most uh, average metre gain per carry and also the most tackle busts. So I think good signs from Jones uh, along with Yates and Cogger, which is good because they're three of the new signings. Um, but, you know, Saints are a class outfit and it was a good performance to be fair from us. You make an interesting point there. Uh, I think if it does go to a six-point six game, it brings a different pressure, doesn't it? And a different momentum as well. And, and things kind of pick up for us. And it's rugby leagues are pretty much a game of momentum for me, whereby one team gets on top and it's like a, a, a ball like going downhill. You know, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and you know, it's very hard to stop a lot of the time. And I, I agree with that fully. And it's interesting to see that about Josh Jones. Uh, Nathaniel, you've got some different, well, maybe not different, but you've got some thoughts on Josh Jones as well about maybe where he's best utilised, I would say. Yeah, I understand that he's obviously come to the club and 
he said he wants to play for England at 13, so we're giving the 13 share and we're sticking him at Lewis Forward. But I, I believe he's buried the second row, I think. A couple of years ago when Salford got to the grand final, it was on that left edge with Jackson Hastings, I think it was the left edge, and he was bouncing off tackles and he was he he a threat every time he touched the ball and Jackson Hastings knew that, that's why he sniffed out back him every time he knew the offload was going to come. Um, and I just think that if we could just stick him onto one of the edges, maybe the right edge, because obviously we have got Kenny on the left, then we'd have two really strike weapons out wide and like I said, Josh said he made the most average metres and booked tackle bus on th- Thursday night and I said, I just reckon if he's out on the edge, we'd see that more often and we'd get a better Josh Jones. But obviously, I understand that he wants to play 13 for England, so I get that point. But for the Giants, I think he needs to be out on an edge in the second. But Matt Ducey was sort of playing like the Brett Ferris sort of 2013 role where he'd, he'd, he was a handful out wide on that left. Yeah, um, that's it. Get him out on an edge and get him a handful. And if it sees Will Cogger or Gaskell, whoever's behind him, get him sniffing round. He, you know, he's good for an offload as well and a tackle bust. And, I just think if we do get Leroy and Jake Wardle fit and you've got him bouncing off tackles, then we'll see the best of his centres as well. I just think he's a bit wasted in the middle. So Yeah, and when he does when he does make those tackles when he makes those tackle busts up in the middle is often you know, there's he's surrounded by Saints players. So even if he does get the ball away, he's the the supporting player is gonna get tackled. So maybe yeah. you're, I think you're right, he's a bit wasted in the middle. It is in the minute as well, because I believe our best backup player is Ashton Golden, who obviously is out of a shoulder injury, so Maybe it won't be so bad when Ashton's, Ashton's there because he's good at backing up as Ashton is always in and about the play. Um, I think Gaskell just lacks that. No, all of it when he's at fullback. Obviously, he's not a fullback, he's stepping in. Um, so, yeah, for now, I think we could do him out on the edge. And, you know, we have got Luke Yates and Michael Lawrence who could easily play loose forward for us. So, um, I'd be tempted to stick him out wide into the second row, personally. I have, to, I have to agree with that, really. Yeah, he's, he's a big meter maker, but it is worrying that he's our biggest meter maker at the same time. For me, problem is, no matter who we put a prop forward to start a game, I don't think it can match any of the top five. You know, who, whichever combo we go with, I don't think they're good enough to match the top five. You know, like Wormsley, he's head and shoulders above anyone into at prop forward at the moment. And the difference for me was when he left the field the other day, you can just tell the Saints are the same team without him. And I just don't think we've got that intensity to match the top, you know, the forwards, real top big blokes that can play at a speed. And I think that's why we come up short first 20 minutes all the time. And then as fitness kicks in later on at game, you know, you can see us coming to game, but generally we're out at game, aren't we? You know, we're always chasing after 20, 30 minutes. And it's, we just can't, you can't do that against top five teams, can you? You know, we're going to lose more than we win if we're going in behind every game at half time, aren't we? That's, that's where I'm, I've got a little bit of a concern with, I said, you know, how well we played on Thursday night um, and the game plan seemed to be go to go set for set with Saints. Um, but like I said, have we really got big enough players to do that, to play that kind of game? Um, so that's my worry because I, I think it wasn't a performance where you could say, oh, we need to do this better, we need to do that better. Of course, you can always do things better, but I thought we executed the game plan pretty well. So for it not to work after executing it pretty well, well, it did work to a certain extent, but you know we didn't get the win. So that's my worry: is if we played that game another ten times, could we? How? What could we do better? Because I don't think we could have done much better, to be honest. No, no. I mean, if we didn't concede that try, I mean, I don't think we should have conceded that first try, and we was unlucky with the one before half time, to be honest. You know, there are a couple of dubious decisions leading up to that where you'd think, you know, the one with Darnell where he blatantly got tackled in Eric corner, could have scored from that. You know, that would have been our only attacking set of that half, really, wasn't it? I can't remember has been in down at Saints line. Other than that, I think we spent the whole uh, all half camped on his own, you know, own sticks and fighting his way out of there, sending a kick up, and then you know they were back down our end within you know within a minute, weren't they? But defence-wise, you know, you can't can't complain. It's best I've seen us defensively for a long time. Um, but it's just meters, isn't it? You know, we've got prop forwards like you know Bruno Yates, good players, very good players, but the utility forwards aren't they? They've not they've not started as prop forwards. Bruno was in uh, loose forward last year, had his best year for a long time, and then we move him to prop. To me, mm. does he make enough meters at prop? You know, as a starting prop, I'm not sure. Does Yates make enough meters? I'm not sure. Both tackling wise, you know, defensively, they're absolutely brilliant. You know, they put a lot of minutes in. But then you've got like people like Jack Ashworth, who must have played about ten minutes. So, you know, we're really utilising as, as bench good enough if we've got, you know, Bruno and Yates doing massive minutes and then bringing someone on for 10 minutes who weren't really making that much of an impact. 
I, I don't know. I've got to question that side of it personally. I tend to agree. Um, I thought defensive wise, we've probably defensively we've got the forwards to match any team in the league. You know, we'll restrict everyone's yards. I thought we did. Thought we did a decent job on Alex Walmsley. To be fair, last Thursday, I thought he got up. Um, Gavitt seemed to take him on one on one a few times, and I think that was fair play to him. He knows he's our biggest forward, and I think he took him on, and that's what you need. But like I said, going forward, we do seem to struggle up down the middle. Um, then obviously having no centres out wide, we sort of had to go in through the middle and like I said, we just struggled to get out of his own half, which unfortunately I think killed us. Like I said, their second try, I think what did they have five back to back sets or something yeah. on our line? Um I think that was just too much pressure just for any team, not just on this field to handle. But do you think does that go back to your previous point, Nat, about if we are struggling to make meters up the middle, why don't we shift out wide and give it to the likes of Edwards, Jones, Ward or Latelli, Leroy? And why don't we yes. why don't we try that? Yeah, say like when Jake Waller's normally there, you'll see him coming in and he's got the good feet as Jake where he'll step in and he'll beat a man then get half a break and then your Luke Yates and your Michael Lawrence's will get off the back of that and they met yards then. But yeah, until you get you know, the half break where it's thin, Josh Jones out wide could get you that half break early doors and then quick play the ball and then if, you know we've got good enough forwards then who can get up and met yards and quick play balls. But you just need that first one to, to get you on a roll and I think Thursday in the first half definitely we struggled with. It just feels to me like we're trying to play a game plan and we don't have the players for it. Um, but I, I, I could be wrong. Right? We could we could turn it around and it'll be, I'll be proven to be talking rubbish. Won't be the first time. But from <laughs> my from my basic understanding of the game, I've you know, never played the game to a high level as such. But just from what I see, I just don't think the squad that we've assembled can play this sort of attritional uh, one-man rugby against, especially against these big sides. No, I tend, I tend to agree. Um, I think we've got a decent squad and we've got a good squad when they can get in and when Watson gets his ideas implemented in the team and gets how he wants to play the processes, then I do think we'll be a tough team to beat, a very tough team to beat. And I think we have got some decent forwards, I really do, and I just think we need that quick play of the ball, the edge, and I think... You know, like I said, Josh Jones and Ken Edwards for me are the main probably two forwards that will get you on a quick roll on, but you, you know, you need, we need to get the ball out wide. Props-wise, I think Luke Yates and Michael Lawrence are 13. They agree with Jake. They're both very, very good players, but I think they'll lose forwards rather than prop forwards, but it um, looks like we're going with an agile pack, doesn't it, rather than a big brute strength. Um, I do think we have played probably the three of the biggest set of forwards so far this year. I don't think you'll beat many bigger falls than Hull FC, Catalan and St. Helens. So, um, my only worry was the way the forwards probably played in the first half because Hull KR. Um, you can take being beating the forwards with the other three because, like I said, they're probably the biggest set of forwards in Super League. Then three and Wigan are the big ones, I think, in the forwards, aren't they? So, hopefully we'll start getting a bit more joint in the middle soon. Do you think we have a concentration issue first 15 minutes? Uh, most, in most games. I don't know. No matter what coach we have, this, this seems to, every coach we have seems to struggle yeah. to put a finger on it, don't they? We always seem to start slow. And I think it was one year, it might have been three or four years ago, that we went every game 12-0 down and we managed to win a couple <laughs> and just lose. And it seems like we'd go 12-0 down and we decide to think, oh, hey, let's start playing a bit of rugby now. And um, I think Parnson had the issue, um, Rick Stone had the issue, Wolford had the issue. I think Ian Watson's having the same issue now. And I think once he can iron that out and he gets finds the issue and gets into it then I think you know, we can start start the games well and we won't be far off and we'll definitely win more games than we lose because I've not seen anything in us yet to suggest we can score lots of tries you know I'm talking six, seven, eight tries in a game I think we're good for four you know so if you're conceding two tries early on it's a big ask isn't it if you, if, if you can only realistically put 20, 20, and as kicking's an issue as well, you know, with you know that, that needs sorting out because that's that's lost as a game, hasn't it? Really, as you know, kicking. Um, it's hard to put your finger on it, like you say. You know, we've, we've been doing this for years now, haven't we? You know, start so slow. I think we've, you know, I'd say ninety percent of games we concede first, don't we? And usually when we do score first, we go on to win game. <laughs> I always find. Um, yeah. But but you rarely see us go two tries down and then come behind and win. No matter who, no matter who we play, really. 
I know we've done it a couple of times in the past, but we seem to, we seem to you know lose that much energy by getting back in game. When it's a close game towards end it game, then we usually come up short, don't we? You know, as soon as it comes down to a drop goal, again it goes back to meters. It's like starting game again, and we have lack of meters always cost us, don't they? You know, we can't get down to the end of the field. Well, I agree with you. Okay, I think that's what happened. Like I say, we worked, we went down early doors, and we worked so hard to get back into the game and. I think we got ourselves in front and they put a simple kick up and 999 times out of 1,000, Jerry collects the ball and I pull it back to the score again on that set, the way we're rolling downfield every time, but obviously dropped it and OKR scored from it, put themselves back in front and I think that, like I said, the momentum in rugby swung against against us, didn't it? And thing, but Ian Watson, I, I believe his Salford side started slow too. Yeah. Um, I think it's not I think that what obviously Ian Watson wants, but Ian Watson's all about fitness and that his fitness will prevail. And I think it's shown this year. We've won every second half we've played. No one's beaten in the second half. So I think, it, you know, we just need to set that bit quicker. Not go, like you say, not go 12-0 down after that half-time. I think difference is this year, though, there's a couple of other teams that are much better than that particular year. You know, you've got Hull FC that, that look a much better team. Catalans, you know, if we, if we go that many points, I think they were eight points behind top. Uh, behind top five when they started I don't think we can afford to get go eight points you know behind top five if we want to get in playoffs I don't I think that's unrealistic to make up to be honest this year I think t- there's too many teams that have improved I but could, could, be, could be could be wrong you know I, but, still, I still find some class to be honest I really we'll do some, we uh, we'll we'll do some predictions shortly won't we so guys do you think potentially uh, one man may solve both of your issues there, the, the number 13 and the, the lack of sort of impact strike and, and someone that we've not really seen yet is uh, Joe Greenwood. Do you think maybe when he's back to fit, whenever that's back to fitness, whenever that's going to be, do you think he maybe makes that that impact that you guys are looking for potentially? Yeah. It's, it's back this week, isn't he? He was suspended one day. He's not, I don't think he's been injured. Um, okay. I want impressive him, to be honest. In first Was it first game or second game he got sent off? He, I want that impressed, to be honest, but He's, he's a good player. We know he's played for Wigan. He's played. For, he's been over to Australia. We're good at St. Helens, uh, potentially. But it depends where, where do we play him. I mean, we're playing him in second row, won't we? So that I don't think that solves as a prop and loose forward issue. I think it Greenwood comes in on bench, doesn't he? Instead of um, probably Oliver Wilson or you know Owen Trout in game before. Yeah, I think I think Greenwood in time. I'm confident he'll be a good player for us. Uh, yeah, as as Jake said. He's not got off to the best of starts, um, especially with the sending off, which um, he needs games and obviously being, being on the sidelines not going to help you do that. But I, I do believe, um, but again, may prove him wrong, but I do believe he'll be a good player for us. But I'm, I'm not sure he's, uh, he's not a monster meter maker. He's more more similar to what we've got, really, which may be part of the problem. We've, we've got too many players that are too similar to each other. Mm, I put this website in the bin then that says he's injured. Uh, right, so uh, Josh, you say um, you said a little bit earlier on that we lack a reliable goal kicker. Uh, do you mean sort of in-game sort of field position, or do you mean sort of between the sticks at the points, or both? Uh, I was talking about uh, conversions between the sticks. It's been a problem since Danny Bruff left. Really, um, so many games. Even last week, the whole KR game, we scored one more try than them, and we lost the game. And that's that's not the first time that's happened in the last three, four years and it's it's infuriating because some teams you score a try in the corner it's six points we score a try that's sort of between the sticks and, that, and the the touch line which is sort of like an easy easy kick like a kickable and we you're sort of thinking well are we are we are we not going to kick this and in when it comes to the end of the game it, it does make a massive difference um, having that goal kicker uh, I think our kicking in general play, it was improved against Saints, but still, uh, I think they showed you um, how to kick during that game. But obviously, not not having a, a recognised fullback does make that easier for them in terms of you know Gaskell's uh, positioning may make it easier for the likes of Lomax and uh, Farge to find the gr- uh, find the grass. But yeah, my my main point was about the the lack of goal kicker, but. You know, if we, don't have, if we don't have a goal kicker in the squad, then there's not a lot we can do about that, really. 
I like we do have a few though, don't we? I mean, Darnell, if, if you watch some of the videos the Giants post on Instagram, he's nailing conversions down at Lockwood. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, and even Gavitt's kicked a few as well. Um, no, in all, in all seriousness, I think I mean, I'd go with Darnell. I mean, you've got to stick with one and give him chance now because we seem to chop and change too often, don't we? I mean, to me, I want to let Caesar kick the last two games. He's just come back from injury. I think that was pretty... Pretty silly decision, really. You know, if he's had a bit of an injury with his calf, why, 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 why put him kicking conversion straight away? You know, it's clearly not right to do so. He's missed what? What did he miss the other day? Five out of six, something like that. It's a, kick, you know, one from, kick one from the touchline, but yeah, the, the yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty poor. Yeah, that's it. I think Caesar the goal kicker, but tend to agree with Jake. Maybe one of the greatest thing to put him in, in his first game back. But I don't think the more, now he's fit, and the more he gets it, um, I think he'll. I think he'll start to land more than he misses. Um, I think I heard when he first came over and Wolford said something when he here that he had something like an 88-90% success rate in Australia when he was kicking. Um, but obviously he had it kicked for a few years because obviously we're at Canberra and they've got Jared Croker who probably has a 95% ratio yeah. so he didn't did kick at Canberra but he has kicked in NRL and I think he went into full season he was at 88% so I think he proves he can kick but like I said I think once he gets fit properly um his in-play kicking will come on. Uh, we were a bit quiet in the first half at OKR when he first came back and even the commentators were questioning, is he fit, is he not? Are we rushed him back? But I think he's slowly getting more involved. Uh, I think Cogger's kicking game's coming on. I know that's definitely improved from the Leeds family to the St. Helens game. Um, I think Caesar's goal kicking, I think it will pick up now. He's starting to get fit and um, hopefully his forwards can score a few hundred sticks and make it a bit easier for him yeah I mean I remember seeing Chris Foreman mention online quite a few times that Jake Wardle can kick you know goals from both feet at either side um, I've, I've not seen anything in his ability yet to kick you know to suggest he's a long term you know goal kicker but saying that he has kicked some good he has, he has you know put some good ones over as well yeah. but, but again we don't we don't seem to we don't seem to stick with someone do we it seems to be a uh, Someone different every other week. Well, I, I jumped the gun with that one with Jake Wardle in the Lee uh, Challenge Cup yeah. game. He, he came on from the touchline the first try and I was like, wow, we've found a goal kicker here. And then as the game went on, he, he just got gradually worse and by the end of the game, he was awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I throw Leroy. I've seen Leroy take kicks before, so there's plenty of options in there, isn't there as well? So, uh, if he's, uh, if he's obviously if he's fit. Um one one person that's uh, leaving the club is uh, Ollie Ashel Bot. Um, Josh seems it's just a, a short loan to Wakefield. Yeah, well, it's a two week loan, so he won't have much chance to settle in and get to know his teammates if it's only two weeks. Is, is that due Wait. to injuries? Is it that he's going there? Wakefield picked up a few injuries because I just don't see where he's going to fit in really when when they've yeah. got you know Ryan Hampshire and some other. Fullbacks have got Max Jowett. Where, where's he going to play? Yeah, possibly must be due to injuries because two weeks is sort of that suggests it's like an emergency yeah. signing for them. So maybe we'll find out about injuries for Wakefield. But um, strange one because you know Gaskell's playing at fullback at the moment. He's not a fullback. Darnell's not a fullback, which which leaves him as the only if he is fit, which he must be to be going out on loan. Yeah. The only um, fit number one that we've got. So a bit bit strange. Maybe Watson just doesn't fancy. Going back to the, the Wakefield issue, Jake, I think Max Jowett played fullback for them on Friday night. Right. And I think he went off injured with an end knock. See. And I remember just I was just getting home, I didn't watch the first half. I got on for the second half, and I think they said he'd failed his HII, so he wasn't coming back. So I think maybe he's having to rest, maybe rest up. So yeah, but for nice. me, it's, I'm a bit baffled by it myself. Um, like I say, we brought him in on a one year deal because his main fullback, Ashton Golden, got injured. Um, he played the Leeds game, he got injured himself, but you're paying him money on a one-year deal, you'd think that if our full-back's injured, he'd be the one to step up and play, but now we've loaned him out, so two things, is he just going to wait for to get match fit to come back and play for us, or is Ashton Goldie not far off returning him? But I've not heard anything on Ashton, so... Yeah, well, no, I mean, I've, I've heard various bits that he might be out for a, a little while longer. Um, t- to me, uh, you know, but going to Wakefield suggests, hopefully suggests that Golden's near, near in fitness. Um, if he's not, it is a bit baffling, like you say, you know, um, he's a full-back. But I think at the moment, I think we, we wouldn't dare put him in in this game, you know. Gaskell played all right against Ulkear, won't too impressed with him against St. Helens you know he did sometimes looks as though he, he didn't take a tackle you know he slows down running into the line 
sometimes looks a bit uncomfortable catching the ball. Right. Um, yeah, I can't remember what, we're gonna, what point are we making then? Um, I feel like with Gaskell, he'll score you a try and he'll cost you a try. Um, yeah. So that in the OKR game, I mean, very fortunate that that was disallowed. Is that, is that the OKR one where he... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were, were very fortunate, and I think they were they were unlucky to have another try as well, weren't they? Okay. Yeah. So all in all, I don't think we deserve to win that game. To be honest with you. And then um, Saints Saints did it to Gaskell as well. Yeah. Um, on Thursday night, the exact same thing. You know, if you put a high kick near him, and you got someone that can catch, he ain't gonna get it. Yeah. I imagine that they had a plan for Leeds on Sunday that they'll put it up and Ashana played fullback last Friday. I presume he'll yeah. play fullback again and. No, he's what is he? Six foot two, six foot three. Yeah. He's a tall lad, so very quick as well. He's running and jumping at Gaskell, and Gaskell don't get off the ground like he did at Salons. And could be in for a long afternoon. Like I say, going forward, I don't mind him at fullback. You have that third half back on the pitch, help see John Cogger out, but defensive wise, he's he's got to start jumping for the ball, hasn't he? Yeah. Contest him, not dive. Okay. I think if Watson took the risk this week and put Ashel Bot in at fullback and took Gaskell out, we're either going to have to go a forward light on bench, put Gaskell on bench like we did in the whole KR game. And you know, if I, if Bot goes off injured after 20 minutes, or you know, he's he makes a few errors that cost his game early on, you know, he's going to come under a lot of criticism, isn't he, Watson? Then you know, we're five games down. Don't think he could take that risk over the next two games, to be honest with you. I think we're going to have to go with a you know spine that we've had for the last two weeks. Otherwise, I think you know if if, if we lose, then that that's I think playoffs done into if we lose his next two games. Mm. Okay, so that's the uh, the Huddersfield Saint Helens game in a nutshell from from you guys. Uh, I thought it would be quite good to have a uh, our thoughts on uh, our pre season. Maybe you know how how uh, the the squads co- you know coming along. Uh, firstly, Ian Watson uh, appointed as the the new coach. Uh, for me, this was uh, a real sign of ambition, really, from uh, from Huddersfield. It was a, a real sort of eye catcher, if you like, a real a headline maker, if you like. I'll, I'll come up with more analogies, if you like. But uh, for me, it, you know, it, the the last couple of appointments, maybe so so, you know, sort of, it, it really felt like the Giants were just sort of bobbing along in Super League, really, without any real thoughts of getting into that top five. But all of a sudden, you appoint someone like Ian Watson and and the signings start coming in, and uh, it it really excited me more this preseason than than any really for years. I would I would say uh, some of the players come in look good on paper. How how do you guys? How did you guys see this uh, see this sort of coup, if you like, for Ian Watson and, and some of the players that he's brought in? Uh, we'll go with you, Jake. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, big big signing for us, probably bigger than all the players we've signed. I remember watching a podcast with Craig Harrison, the agent, a while ago, and said he's. You know, it, it can persuade players to join the club. You know, some someone, some coaches can't. You know, I couldn't ever imagine Rick Stone being able to pick up the phone to an English player, you know, and persuade him to join Giants. But you can just tell Watson's got something about him. You know, even even when you're listening to him after games, you buy into what he's saying. You know, he's, he's whereas you know, we, sometimes with Simon Wolford, I didn't believe he would was saying. You know, after the game, I just think, oh, same old, same old. But he gets you to buy in, doesn't he, Watson? You know, he's, he knows his stuff. You, you can tell, you see what he's trying to do. You know, players he's brought in. I don't think we'd have been able to bring them players in if, if, he, if he wasn't here. To be honest with you, you know, we'd have been lucky to get two of them. Maybe we'd have probably still had some players that we had last year. You know, Jordan Turner was doing quite well at Castleford. Um, we were very quiet in pre-season. You know, we, we didn't build ourselves up like we have done in previous years, which I think were good. You know, we've kept under radar. Um, and then obviously as seasons progressed, you know, that when, when you've heard about certain players, you know, that when it comes to Jake Wardle not being selected in first game, you know, the year, you know, he's had an up and down pre-season in and out. And I think it's same um, for quite a few players, bit sounds of it, you know. So I'm not so sure how good of a pre-season we've had because we, we, we seem to have uh, had a lot of players in and out. So time will tell, won't it? I mean, Golden's missed all the pre-season. We've had different people playing fullback in pre-season training at fullback I've heard good stuff about Leon Price as some will he's meant to be flying will it be long before we see him you know Watson made a real emphasis on mentioning younger players in pre-season didn't he you know he mentioned Fenton Rogers um, Kieran Rush I think it was the you know, so, uh, video that went viral about with Aidan McGowan's tackle as well which was a yeah, yeah, well, so. yeah another one yeah Aidan McGowan yeah I think um, yeah future's bright really I think we've got, got to be patient sometimes I'm a hothead I must admit you know <laughs> during a game I'll be like I'll, just, I'll say something outrageous sometimes but it's through passion it's not through you know 
I think we have a lot of fans at the Giants that are just happy to saunter along as well. You know, you read Facebook and it could be 10 loss, you know, ten games in, 10, 10 losses and they'll be like, oh, well, on to next week, back the boys, you know. And I get that, but you're in it to win, aren't you? You know, that's why I liked Danny Bruff so much because you could tell he hates to lose. Absolutely Angry hates to lose. Well a rugby pitch I've ever seen Danny Bruff. I exactly. Loved it. I love the guy. But, I thought it was great. But can you, can you say any of the current crop of players we've got have that sort of attitude where they hate to lose? You know, you see some of them and yeah, I know they, they like to lose, you know, they want to win, but you could tell with Bruffy it meant a lot to him, you know, certain games where he'd just fallen short and he'd be, you could just see in his face, you know, he was really angry, you know, it'd probably take him a few hours to calm down after the game. Sim bins as well, man. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we do lack one of, you know, one of them sort of characters in team, you know, somebody that can cheer boys up, you know. Um, yeah, that's 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 my views, really. Well, we have been accused of maybe being too nice in the past um, these you know they're good blokes all the players at the club um, <laughs> we don't yeah we maybe do lack that sort of mongrel type of player Kenny Edwards can be getting people's faces quite a bit which um, you know sometimes works for us sometimes works against us I've seen Josh Jones in the past he's not he won't take a backward step but um, yeah we don't but maybe rugby league's changed a bit since you know the days of uh, you know Daryl Griffin, Keith Mason sort of players. I watched a clip the other day uh, when they had that massive brawl at Wigan. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, that that kind of stuff they just don't stand for it anymore. You just get you just get sent off. So maybe you, you know, like you say, um, the sort of Danny Brook type where you don't necessarily lead with your fists, uh, but um, you show you just show your you show his passion um, and desire to win, and that can come out in other forms as well. You know. Um, it's not you'd have to just be the loudest or you know the angriest, but um, maybe sometimes maybe we are a bit too nice. Not sure, but I'm sure they they tell you different. Nathaniel, do you do you, how did you see uh, preseason going? And do you think there's maybe a little bit of space maybe for that that mongrel maybe in the prop that we look you know that maybe the strike prop that we could do with? Yeah, for the preseason, you know, they seem to work pretty well. The players were. Or possibly one when they were talking out in the media and like I said the HGSA we had a couple of players on Luke Yates, James Cunningham and they were all very positive of what they were saying about Ian Watson. Um, I think the biggest signing person was Greg Brown. Um we've been lacking that guy to get his fit. We've had a few different men in and out of the club, I think, and Greg you know, we won the League Leader Shield last time Greg Brown were around, so I think he's the biggest sign we probably made in the off season to get him fit. And I like what Ian Watson's doing, but he's not rushing people back. You know, he'll wait till they're fully fit, so they make sure they stay back. Um, we've got to remember, we've had a few injuries, haven't we, to start the season with as well. So, like Jay was saying in pre-season, you know, Ashton got injured, and oh, I saw Buck train there for a couple of weeks, and he got injured against Leeds in the pre-season game after, what, five minutes? So, been chucking and swapping at full-back, haven't they? And that's a key area, so... Um, yeah, I think Watson and Greg Brown were two very good signings for us. Um, I agree with what you said yourself. It's to go out and get someone like that. I thought we were the best coach in the league when he was at Salford. To do what he did at Salford, I think, were an amazing achievement from him and his staff. So, um, yeah, I was pretty excited to start the season. I thought we've got a good coach here. We've got some decent players. It could be the year we start to move back up the league. Um, it's not turned out that for the first four games, but I've still got faith that it will. Um, forwards. I thought James Gabbett would be that man, to be honest. He's a big man. Um, he had a good reputation back from back in New Zealand. Um, when you speak to the like, when I spoke to the likes of Sui Matag, you know, Kuma Tai were no longer with us. They were telling me, you know, he's a big, angry man. He can be him, but like Jason Ailey, he's not. don't think he's that man. Um, he's had a better year this year than he did last year, but yeah, I'd like to see that big, nasty prop forward coming in. Spark us up a bit. A bit of strike, a bit like Ikahihifo was a couple of years ago when he was uh, he was outstanding for a while, wasn't he? he, was, he yeah, was when out. he first came over, like say he was the one bouncing off tackles, and he'd, you know, the fans would lift the atmosphere and get behind him. And was, I think we do like, like I say, we do like that big, big nasty man in the middle. That, like you say, Iluko Donald, if you you were struggling and you were down. He'd fly out the line and smash someone and make something happen and lift the team, wouldn't he? And it might be illegal what he did, but <laughs> uh, we still lifted it up, you know, start a bit of a fight, get tempers flared, get them all for it. But we don't seem to have anyone doing that. But like Josh says, I suppose you chuck a punch these days, you're, you're red carded and you're banned for the next three games. That's probably why it doesn't happen anymore. So prediction-wise, I thought it might be quite fun to uh, throw some predictions in and then when we get them all wrong, people can laugh at us and tell us that we know nothing about rugby, which is all the fun of the fair, isn't it? So 
Um, I thought a top five and a grand final winner would be a good, a good way to start things. Um, anybody want to volunteer there uh, to go first? I think it'd be. I think they'll all be very similar. In all fairness, shall I go first? Yeah, so you're yeah, go. quite well. Yeah, go on. Right, so I've gone first St. Helens, second Wigan, but Wigan to actually win the grand final. Uh, third place, I've got Warrington. Fourth, Hull. I, I, I probably wouldn't have said this at the start of the season, but I, I saw them and um, it's Reynolds, isn't it? The new uh, the new half-pack they've got looks uh, pretty special. So I think uh, they look pretty decent. And um, the last place, I'm, I'm, I'm in an hour in between Catalans and Castleford. Uh, and I'm going to go for Catalan Dragons this year because it, it's... I am I am on the sly a bit of an expansionist, and I, I would like to see Catalan build on the um, the Challenge Cup final success, and uh, and maybe just take it one step further and uh, and do rather well. And I've got Huddersfield to come seventh. How about so? We'll go with uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next if if no one else wants. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got Saints top. Uh, yeah, Wigan second. I think those two. There's quite a gap between those two and the rest. Uh, I've got Saints to win the grand final. Um, and then I'd probably go Hull FC. Um, Brett Hodgson seems to be um, a good coach so far. You know, he's had a good start. And if he's half the coach, he was a player, he won't be bad. Um, fourth, I'd probably go with... Um, we'll, go, we'll go with Catalan. I think, uh, like Matt said, they are always there or thereabouts. Um, and then fifth, I'm looking at Cass and Warrington and, you know, both coaches know that they're leaving at the end of the season. Will that have an effect? We've seen it have an effect here before. But I probably will go uh, Warrington for fifth. I think they'll be up and down, but I think they'll, they'll win enough games to get fifth. Um, and then sixth, I'd go uh, maybe Castleford or maybe we can sneak sixth. <laughs> I think we'll be sixth or seventh. I think we need some positivity, so I'm going to go to Nathaniel next. <laughs> yeah, I'll back us for top five. I reckon we'll turn it around. Beat Leeds on Sunday, and I think we'll turn it around. Um, Saints, Wigan, one, two. I agree with Josh. I think them two are miles clear from everyone else in this league at the minute. Um, I actually fancy Wigan to win it this year. Um, Jackson here seems to go off in style before he goes back home. Jai Field, when he gets fit, I think he'll be back before the end of the season just. Uh, Bevan French, he's two tries in his first game so I think we're going to the class outfit this year Saints obviously they'll be up there with him Hull I mean, I'm impressed with Hull so far I said they'll get third um, Warrington spend a lot of money don't they so I should imagine they'll be up there you can't be attacking players like Ratchford Austin Widdop Dow Clark not be up challenging for honours so I think they'll be in and around it uh, and then like I say I'll back us to beat Leeds on Sunday and get up the table and start moving and we'll snatch fifth Um and then, like I said, Catalan Castleford into Sips to get the final playoff spot. I like it. Well, you know, I, I I thought when Josh put uh, this this sort of panel together, he said uh, he said Jake and Nathaniel they never never agree on anything. So I want to uh, you know, so far you know, you, you two guys have agreed on pretty much everything. So Jake, will the Giants make the top five? I'd like to tell you after the next two games. For me, it's uh, I think I think if we if we if we win the next two games. Yes, I think we we will. I think if we lose his next two games, absolutely not, no way on earth. Um, like you say, Saint Helens will finish top. I think they just they'll get enough points early doors to fit leave League of Shield. You know they'll um the the just the intensity of the play. I don't know if they can keep that up all year. At some point they're going to go. You know they're going to get a few injuries. They've got a pretty pretty much a fully fit squad at the moment, aren't they? You know I think there are only a couple of names missing against us. Wigan have got a few injuries, you know, but they seem to be grinding out wins. You know, they've got likes of Liam Marshall to come back and a few other players, Gildart, you know, and a few others. I think, um, like Nathan says, I think, um, you know, I think I could see them winning it at back end of the year when they get the players back. Um, I think it'll be a Saints-Wigan grand final, um, without a doubt. I've not been that impressed with Warrington, I must admit. You see weaknesses in like Warrington, you know, they they just don't look good, but then they had a good win at weekend away at Catalan, didn't they? You know, Catalan have looked pretty good until then. I think it'll be between Hull and Catalan for third and fourth. I won't like to say who'd get third, to be honest. Um, and then I think we've got a, an outside chance of fifth, like I say, if we win his, within his next two games. I think if we drop points, you know, we've, we're just too far behind. Castleford, 
I think they'll struggle back end of year. I think they'll get a few more injuries. You know, they started well, but they always seem to, you know, die off, don't they? Last few years, they get points on board and then they go through a massive uh, patch where they can't buy a point, really, apart from when they play us. <laughs> uh, Wooden Spoon, I've gone for Lee. Uh, nothing against Lee Centurion. and it's a bit of a, it was a tough promotion, wasn't it, with COVID, etc. And they, they didn't exactly set the uh, the championship on fire last year. Um, so I, I thought it'd be a tough tough baptism for them, and they'll they'll do well to uh, to not finish bottom. Um, you guys agree with that? I would I would think that might be a, a yeah. I think yeah. yeah. I think Lee will be open the rumours today. True, there's no relegation, so yeah. Um, rumours are flying no relegation. I think Lee will be the team open fight. If you take Lee out of it, I think Wakefield will struggle. I think they're they're not that good, are they? So let's be honest, but. Oh. I think all key play have enough effort and commitment every week and always give teams a game. So I think they'll, they'll find enough to make us stay up. Salford will come good when Richard Marshall, like say, he's like Ian Watson, new coach. But yeah, Lee are there. You know, they put up a good effort as Wigan first game, didn't they? We're probably unlucky to lose, but since then I think they've conceded at least 30 points every game and it's not going to get any easier this week when they play St. Helens. So. Well, to be honest with you, though, Saints are renowned for resting half the squad, aren't they? I think last year against London, both times were leading up to cup games, weren't it? And they, uh, they rested pretty much everyone, didn't they? And pretty much fruit game against London. Uh, I can see them doing the same against us week before. You know, we've given them, a, given them a tough game last week. They'll probably think, you know, we won't play Alex Wormsley, we won't play Lachlan Coote, we won't play Lomax in case they didn't get an injury for the week after. You know, I think they'll rest a lot of players this week. I can see them getting turned over, but I think that'll be only when Lee get all here, to be honest. That's him picking up more than a couple of couple of wins. Yeah. Uh, I've I just actually, sorry, I've actually sorry. Picked, picked St. Helens for my Challenge Cup winner, believe it or not. Right. <laughs> Who have you guys gone for, for as well? Um, and you can jump in with that point, Josh. Warrington for me. Warrington's and I agree with Jay, they've not looked impressive this year, but there's something about Warrington at Challenge Cup, they always seem to perform, don't they? So... Um, they get any? I can't remember they're going in the quarterfinals now. I don't think it's anyone in the top team. So um, I think they'll make it through to the semi-finals. And you know, you're two two eighty-minute games away at you from winning it. So yeah, I'll go Warrington. Yes. The Challenge Cup, I'd, I'd probably go. I can't say Saints because we're going to turn them over in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> I think I think Wigan. Um, yeah, I think I think it'd be uh, a Wigan's year this year. Um, not sure why, just just got a feeling. Um, you've done, you've done the opposite to me. I've gone. I looked at Saint Helens and Wigan and thought these two they've got to win something. These two, so I'll give one one and then the other the other. So you've done done the opposite, yeah. haven't you? But with the same club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't go for Saints and everything. Although I do think they're the best team, but I think Wigan will find a way to win some silverware this season. I think if we beat Saints, I give us half a chance of winning it. I think yeah, we well, definitely. Insane, yeah, we can get over Saints in two weeks. I'll tip us to win it. Well, yeah, you, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with us in Challenge Cup. <laughs> I think we'll, yeah, I can't see us doing all in, in league, to be honest, but I think we might have a good Challenge Cup run. And I think if we beat St. Helens, which I've, I think we might do in a couple of weeks, you know, we're building ready. For, and if we can win that game, I think it gives us a good chance. You know, I think we uh, handle the likes of Wigan better than, you know, like to St. Helens. They don't have as, you know, the pack's not as big. I think we'll deal with, you know, Wigan, Warrington. I, f- I think we've got better chances of beating them teams if we can get past St. Helens. Dave Diaries, 16th of July, we'll do a live podcast from Wembley before the Cup final. <laughs> That'd be great. Isn't it? Hopefully they'll let fans back in at that point and, uh, and we'll all be there. Um, promoted from the Championship, I know Nath just uh, said that they might be might be stopped this year, but who who would you see as the ones to come up if, uh, if they do allow uh, promotion? I've, I've picked Toulouse. Um, it's more wishful thinking. I think I'd I'd love to see Toulouse and uh, Catalan in the uh, in the Super League. Um, I think that would really help build the game in the south of France and uh, and beyond over there. Uh, what about you guys? Uh, Featherstone, uh, they uh, they really wanted to get promoted and they've made a good start as well. Uh, some good clubs looking down the Championship. Who have you gone for, or who would you go for? I think I'd go for Toulouse. I mean, although Halifax ran them close yesterday, there's been some cracking games in Championship this far. Batley look good. <laughs> they're, they're giving teams, you know, all sorts of problems. Uh, but I'd have to go with Toulouse. Look strong this year, especially at home. I think they'll win most of their own games. And, you know, they're picking up away wins as well already. Um, like I say, Featherstone look good as well. But, yeah, back to Toulouse. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. 
I'll go different. How about Featherston? Featherston. Oh, so three. So it was a full time. I think they have the probably have the best squad, and though like I said a full time rather than part time, aren't they? But um, I don't know. Featherston with the likes of Tom Holmes and Brett Ferris, the last Super League experience, big games. Yeah, I'll, I'll back Featherston to do it. It's, it's, it's looking a great league to watch. There's some really good clubs in there, progressive clubs as well. You know, Sheffield have started well, haven't they, as well? They're quite high up. And uh, and York have been a real club to watch over the last couple of years and the way that they do things differently, the marketing. And, and Gavin Wilson does a does a great job there as well, doesn't he? Um, he's great to follow online, he's, he's, he's Gavin as well. Uh, Newcastle's a team I like to watch down yeah. there. Um, they've got, obviously, following, I also do a bit of work with Giants for the academy team. I know normally when I was social media for the academy team, so last two, three years, I've been to the home and away games of them, and you see these young lads playing, and a few of them from like Wigan and Witness have gone up to Newcastle to play, like the Chapel Isle brothers, and Josh Woods from Wigan, and Shorrett from Wigan, and Mikey Wood, who's played, I mean, obviously, Okuma Tai, with some experience, and with them young lads, it's always good to see how they go in the championship, so I always enjoy watching them, to be honest. Mm. It's high scoring games as well at the moment you know I think I saw something about a TV deal today for Championship um, I might have misread that on Twitter but you know it'd be good to get some of them games on more often for the general public you know rather than you know straight streaming <laughs> which not everyone can do you what sorry Premier Sports Premier Sports right Premier yeah Sports, I mean yeah. it'd be good that I mean there's some, there's some cracking games so far you know two sides scoring over 30 points you know I think it's a good advertisement for game full stop mm, I look forward to that uh, and one thing as well we can look forward to is the game this weekend at Leeds Rhino. So uh, a couple of things that I've picked up online is uh, injuries. There's been some injuries for both sides. Uh, Leeds believe they might have a couple back. Um, we may see uh, our old friends Cruz Leeming and Alex Meller as well. So how do you see uh, this game going, uh, Nathaniel? I'll back us to win it. Um, I think if you put Leeds' strongest 17 and Huddersfield's strongest 17 together, Probably two evenly matched teams. Um, I think that showed last year, you know. I mean, I know we chucked away a big lead the first time, but there were two cracking games, probably as neutrals to watch. Evenly matched, separate by a drop goal each time. Um, but there are a few out. I know Mile has been suspended today for two games. Tevano suspended. Obviously, Luke Gale still missing for them. Um, hopefully, we'll get at least one of our three centres back in team. Um, I'm not really if they're back or out, but... We can get one of his strike centres back out wide and Caesar's had a couple of games under his belt now and like Jake said, the spine will be working. Obviously, third game in a row, the spine now. So, yeah, I'll say I'll just feel by 10. It's sold, it's sold me, the positivity. Uh, Jake, do you agree? Do you think this is the, the time to get the first win? It's got to be, hasn't it? If, if we do, I think, uh, you know, if we can't beat a side who's got the first choice to halves out, the first choice fullback, you know, we've got no excuses, you know, and Ashton Golden's out, we've got no excuses this game. I think Nathaniel said that to me earlier in the week, we've got no excuses whatsoever. You've got an excuse to lose to St. Helens, haven't you? They're the best side in the league. Got no excuses this week. We've got to win. Simple as that. Um, Hurrell seems to be back again. He misses so many games, but yet always seems to be back for Giants. And he's, a, us as well, and he's a, he's a big problem for us. We seem to struggle with players like that, don't we? Big players. I think if we can get him, you know, get his defence sort of like it was last week, don't give him room to run close to the line, I think, think we should win. Josh? Yeah, just touch on that point there, the, the Conrad Hurrell thing. Players like him, Pauli Pauli, Sam Cassiano, Fafita at Wakefield, we just cannot deal with those kind of players. Um, we really struggle to get get our arms on the ball and stop them offloading. So he, I'm sure it will cause us problems, but I'm uh, I'm still backing us to get the win. Um, I'm as optimistic as you can be supporting the Huddersfield team and anything. But I think if we turn up with the same concentration and intensity as we did against Saints, um, I think scoring the first try we've touched on that earlier, the slow starts. If we get the first try, I'll be very confident that we can uh, get the win. But as, as it is, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, we had a little, I saw there was a team huddle on the pitch at the end of the Saints game, um, which is, I'd like to see that because it shows they're not just all, I've played the game, we're all going you know, to walk off, go home, drive home in our own cars kind of thing. It's sort of like, okay, let's, we didn't let's keep our heads up. We lost the game, but there was a lot of positives there. And I think Caesar NCs was saying that to the boys. So I think it, we're looking to bring the same intensity into that game. And I think we can get the two points. Mm, I think this will be a, a tight and nervy one, uh, especially with uh, with both teams really wanting to to win this to uh, to further the top five claims. I, I'm going to say that Huddersfield will just sneak this one. Uh, I, for me, I think if we're 
uh, leading going into the second half, that will make a big difference. Um, whereas if we're chasing, uh, it's it's really a matter of do we have the um, the means to break down a stubborn defence, and we do. Aiden Caesar's you know top class, um, but it's perhaps just not clicking, and maybe there's something mentally there which uh, which might see uh, leads keepers out. But if we, for me, if we go into that second half, you know, level or or up, I, I fancy us, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a, a tight and nervy. Giants win, so that's a, a clean sweep. And uh, and as as for clean sweeps, that I think that brings us to uh, the close of our first podcast. Uh, let us know on social media how you think it went. Should we bother continuing? Who knows? Uh, but any other business from you, chaps? Or are we happy to call that an evening? No golden whistle there. No, no extra. No golden point. No golden point. You've been listening to uh, Chasing Kangaroos, haven't you? Or is it no. which one? That's the Super League one. It's the Sky Sports one who does the Golden Point. All oh, right, no, that must be um, no, great minds think alike. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, just something for me actually. You said you know you have no one to go to games. They've given me a shout. You know, yes. uh, we've been to quite a few myself before. There we go. I've got a friend. Amazing. Yeah, give us a shout. Brilliant. Right, thanks. Cowbell Army, so give us a shout if you want to join us. I'll bring the uh, the earmuffs for the uh, the cowbell. Right, guys, thank you very much for uh, for that. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, uh, Nathaniel. Thanks, thanks, Josh. And uh, and uh, this will be uh, hopefully we'll be back next week celebrating a uh, a win for the Giants. Mm-hmm.